If Jews are an immortal people, it is because we chose to make our very persons into personifications of parchments, because we have, throughout the generations, treasured the Torah. And that means that its sanctity, its letters, its words, its ideas were inscribed in our hearts and its holiness suffused our souls. Welcome to Bible 365, episode 155, Scrolls and Souls. I'm Mayor Soloveitchik. In his work, The Jewish War, Josephus describes Titus's triumphant return to Rome after the destruction of Jerusalem. The parade into the city displayed not only the wealth acquired by the Romans, but also the viciousness with which the conquered had been treated. It consisted of elaborately designed moving stages, reenactments of the battles. Josephus reports, quote, But nothing in the procession excited so much astonishment as the structure of the moving stages. Indeed, their massiveness afforded ground for alarm and misgivings as to their stability, many of them being three or four stories high, while the magnificence of the fabric was a source at once of delight and amazement, end quote. Then, of course, following the floats, concluding the parade, were the vessels of the temple. The procession into Rome was coordinated in order to do the most damage to the claim of Jews being a chosen nation. Thus, according to Josephus, Titus, in exhibiting all that he had acquired, saved what he believed to be the most important artifact for last. Josephus writes about what he witnessed, describing the sacred treasures taken through the streets. Quote, but for those that were taken in the temple of Jerusalem, they made the greatest figure of them all. That is, the golden table of the weight of many talents, the candlestick also that was made of gold, though its construction were now changed from that which we made use of. And then Josephus, ladies and gentlemen, concludes his description with this fascinating phrase. The last of all the spoils was carried, the law of the Jews. The star of the show, it seems, was a Torah scroll. And it is logical to assume that the Torah that was part of Titus's parade was not merely a scroll stolen from some synagogue in Jerusalem, but rather that like all the other objects in the procession, this copy of the Torah was taken from the temple itself. If so, it would have been what the Mishnah calls the Sefer Ha'azara, the courtyard scroll, considered the most authoritative copy of the Torah in existence. The presence of this Torah scroll in the parade, as the historian Martin Goodman points out, was intended for the Romans to mark a victory not only over polity of Judea, but also over the Jewish faith. But the Romans failed. Seizing the Torah scroll of the temple did not bring about the destruction of Judaism. And understanding the meaning and the essence of the Torah scroll allows us to comprehend why this is so. The 36th chapter of Jeremiah centers on a scroll containing the Word of God. It is set in the earlier period of Jeremiah's prophetic career, during the reign of Jehoiakim, verse 1. And it came to pass in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, that this word came unto Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Take thee a scroll, and write therein all the words that I have spoken unto thee against Israel and against Judah, and against all the nations, from the day I spoke unto thee, from the days of Josiah, even unto this day. It may be that the house of Judah will hear all the evil which I propose to do unto them, that they may return every man from his evil way, that I may forgive their iniquity and their sin. Then Jeremiah called Baruch the son of Neriah, and Baruch wrote from the mouth of Jeremiah all the words of the Lord which he had spoken unto him upon a scroll. And Jeremiah commanded Baruch, saying, I am shut up, I cannot go into the house of the Lord. Therefore go thou and read in the scroll which thou hast written from my mouth, the words of the Lord in the ears of the people in the Lord's house upon the fasting day. And also thou shalt read them in the ears of all Judah that come out of their cities. 
Thus Baruch, the scribe of the prophet, is commanded to inscribe Jeremiah's prediction of the forthcoming destruction upon a Megillat Sefer, a scroll of parchment. According to the Midrash, the scroll contained what would ultimately become Megillat Eicha, the Book of Lamentations. Jeremiah is apparently imprisoned by the king during this earlier reign of Jehoiakim as well. That is why he must send Baruch. Or perhaps, as other translations have it, he is in hiding from the king. Baruch writes the word of God upon the parchment, reads it before the people, and then before the king's men, to whom Baruch describes Jeremiah's dictation in verse 17. And they asked Baruch, saying, Tell us now, how didst thou write all these words at his mouth? Then Baruch answered them, He pronounced all these words unto me with his mouth, and I wrote them with ink in the scroll. Ink and scroll. From here we learn what is central to any sacred inscription of the word of God. In Hebrew, Vani Kotev ala Sefer Bidio. I wrote upon the scroll with ink. In writing with ink, forming letters that declare the word of God, thereby the scroll itself becomes a form of sacred scripture. The men of the court, including a man named Yehudi, bring the scroll to King Jehoiakim. Verse 19. Then said the princes unto Baruch, Go, hide thee, thou and Jeremiah, and let no man know where ye be. And they went into the king into the court, but they laid up the roll in the chamber of Elishama the scribe and told all the words in the ears of the king. So the king sent Yehudi to fetch the scroll, and he took it out of Elishama the scribe's chamber. And Yehudi read it in the ears of the king and in the ears of all the princes which stood beside the king. Now the king sat in the winter house in the ninth month, and there was a fire on the hearth burning before him. And it came to pass that when Yehudi had read three or four leaves, he cut it with a knife and cast it into the fire that was on the hearth, until all the roll was consumed in the fire that was on the hearth. Yet they were not afraid, nor rent their garments, neither the king nor any of his servants that heard all these words. Note, ladies and gentlemen, the implication of the verse here, as understood by the rabbis. Upon the scroll being burned, the men of the court should have torn their clothes in mourning, for once the ink placed the word of God upon the parchment, it was sacred. They should have mourned not only in hearing the words, but especially upon the burning of the sacred scroll. The men, however, do no such thing, but they do try to intervene. Verse 25. Nevertheless, Elnatan and Elia and Gamaria had made intercession to the king that he would not burn the scroll, but he would not hear them. But the king commanded Yerachmiel, the son of Hamelech, and Sariah, the son of Azrael, and Shalamiah, the son of Abdiel, to take Baruch the scribe and Jeremiah the prophet. But the Lord hid them. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, after the king had burned the scroll and the words which Baruch wrote at the mouth of Jeremiah, saying, Take thee again another scroll, and write in it all the former words that were in the first scroll, which Jehoiakim the king of Judah hath burned. God goes on to decree a terrible fate for Jehoiakim as a punishment for his desecration of the scroll and his denial of the word of God. Strikingly, from this terrible story, the rabbis also deduce something wonderful about the nature of sacred writings. They take note of a fascinating phrase. We are informed that the king had burned the scroll and also that he burned the words of God given by Jeremiah and inspired by Baruch. Again, verse 27, after the king had burned the scroll and the words which Baruch wrote at the mouth of Jeremiah. This addition seems redundant. If the king incinerated the parchment, is it not obvious that the words on it were burned as well? The rabbis deduce from here something remarkable, that on a sacred scroll, the parchment and the words are both special, and only in unison do they embody Scripture, only in unison, one might say, do they embody Judaism itself. The Word of God placed in ink upon parchment reflects the union of physical and spiritual, so that the scroll itself 
serving as the medium on which the ink of the letters are inscribed, becomes suddenly suffused with sanctity as the letters embody the spiritual essence of the Jewish people. It is with this in mind that we can understand all that the Torah scroll came to express for Jewish history. In one of his famous lectures known as A Yartzeit Shir, the Yiddish address that he would deliver on the anniversary of his father's passing, Rabbi Joseph Soloveitchik noted that the Sefer Torah, the Torah scroll, is not only the ultimate embodiment of our heritage, it is taken as a symbol of all that the Jew aspires personally to be. Just as the scroll is sanctified by the ink of the Torah's letters in all their spiritual splendor, so too are we meant to serve in our lives as Torahs, with the words, the ideas and ideals of Judaism inscribed upon our hearts, minds, and souls. It is with this concept in mind that Rabbi Soloveitchik described the Jewish approach to the education and raising of children. And, in so doing, he created, in his exquisite Yiddish, an allegory from the process of Torah scroll preparation. The careful calligraphy of the sofer, the scribe, links lovely letters on parchment forming sentences, complex passages, and portions. But before a single letter is written in this Torah, Rabbi Soloveitchik noted, a much more humble but equally important process takes place. The parchment, known as klaf or gvil, starts out unprocessed. In its rough, unrefined form, the parchment cannot retain the ink. The scribe cannot write because the words cannot adhere. To create a Torah scroll, one must engage first in an act known as ibud, preparing the parchment for the sake of its ultimate inscription, treating it so that the scroll is made soft and smooth, bright and beautiful. In Rabbi Soloveitchik's words, and I'll give it to you in both Yiddish and English, in order to write the word of God, one must prepare first a receptacle of treated parchment, which will soak up the ink, and to which the holy letters can cling. Only, Rabbi Soloveitchik explained, when such a parchment is prepared can the sofer, the scribe, exercise his craft and inscribe the word of God, creating the Torah scroll in its totality and sanctity. Rabbi Soloveitchik then suggested homiletically and beautifully that dos elba dem kind, this process is paralleled in the raising of children. When one is blessed with a child, parents and teachers must prepare pure parchment by focusing, in other words, on the child's character preparing a small soul receptive to the letters of the Torah. Mimuz, he says in a beautiful phrase, one must, one must smooth out the rough surfaces of the child's small world, so that when der klaf is glatt und weiß und empfindlich, when the parchment, when the spiritual soul is soft, sensitive, smooth, and bright. Then can the mitzvahs limit hatera der Filtveren mit grace der Folg. Then the learning of the Torah can truly begin. This is his Yiddish with my somewhat imperfect, but hopefully sufficient, translation and extrapolation. The Jew, in other words, becomes a scroll of the Torah as the words cling to the parchment that is the child's person and personality. And the role of parents and educators, ideally, is to help a child learn and retain the Torah in his or her life. The scroll of Scripture is thus not only an object, though it is a very sacred object indeed. 
it is also us. It is with this in mind that we can approach another famous story involving the burning of parchment and ink. Jewish tradition describes how, with the failure of the Jewish rebellion against Rome, ten rabbis were tortured and then executed by their cruel captors, the Romans. Thus, the Talmud tells us that the great sage, Rabbi Hanina ben Tradion, was burnt alive while holding a Torah scroll in a loving embrace, a Roman attempt to simultaneously destroy a Jew and Judaism. As the fire blazed, the Talmud tells us, Rabbi Hanina's students asked him, What do you see? And he responded, Gvilin nisrafin v'otiot porchot. The physical parchment burns, but the letters themselves fly into the air. This has become one of the most resonant tales of Jewish eternity. The Romans destroying the Torah cannot destroy its letters. And the meaning, perhaps, is that the physical parchment does not remove the existence of the letters because the letters have also become a part of us, inscribed on us. If Jews are an immortal people, it is because we chose to make our very persons into personifications of parchments because we have, throughout the generations, treasured the Torah. And that means that its sanctity, its letters, its words, its ideas were inscribed in our hearts and its holiness suffused our souls. The story of Rabbi Hanina ben Tradion has resounded throughout Jewish history and it finds its parallels in other moving symbols and expressions. Thus, for example, the intellectual heart and history of Spanish-Portuguese Jewry in Amsterdam can be found in the Eitz Chaim Library, in the Esnoga, the magnificent synagogue that Jews built when they came to Amsterdam after a century of living secretly as Jews in Portugal. The Eitz Chaim Library is an incredible place filled with scrolls and books, a repository of the wisdom of the Jews of this community. And in the anteroom of the library, right before you enter, you stand on a lush red carpet on which one sees an image of a beautiful bird rising out of a fire. This, of course, is the phoenix, and it is the symbol of the Sephardic Spanish and Portuguese Jewish community in Amsterdam. The fire, of course, represents the Inquisition, the all-consuming hate and persecution of Torquemada and the auto de fe, a raging inferno that consumed their community in Iberia that sought to destroy Judaism forever. But this fire failed to destroy them, for they were a phoenix. Rising out of the fire, as Rabbi Hanina's Torah letters rose from the flames. And in a certain sense, this captures not only that one community, but the Jewish people throughout the ages, whose souls served as scrolls for the Word of God and thereby embodied eternity itself. This is Mayor Soloveitchik, looking forward to learning together tomorrow, signing off.